everyone, and welcome to episode 129 of Fun With Cars, where we're here to talk about the Bahrain Grand Prix. I'm Robin Warner. And I am Jim Lau, and you and I are in the same place at the same time for the and first time. And I don't exist anymore. Yeah. I mean, you can if you want to. Well, I can. I no longer have to. Yes. <laughs> you are, yes, unwired in several senses yes. and back uh, back at home, back in Michigan, and it is great to uh, to just you know be back and doing the thing, hanging out, watching the race, and podcasting together. It is awesome. It was very cool to see the first race of the year. The F1 season's finally... Uh, Finally getting started, you know, Bahrain, the inaugural Grand Prix, it was, it was great. Yeah. We did some other shows. And oh, it's, it, I thought it that happened. was practice. Now we, now, we did miss a show from China. That is correct. Uh, oh, well, sorry. Um, you were doing, you know, having a road trip um, back, finally to make it back home just two months late from uh, when you intended. Two months and a week or so late, but it was a lovely road trip. And I can honestly tell you, as great as Formula One was, that was a road trip I'd prefer to do um, to finally come home. So it was very good to actually see you in the flesh. We can actually interact with each other uh, as we have the conversation uh, and share that with the world. That's right. So you saw your first race on NBC Sports Network just a few hours ago. Yes. Um, so that's that's news to you, uh, having uh, come into this season a little bit late. Uh, I guess I understand you've got your TiVo reconfigured, so for the upcoming races you'll be uh, you'll be on top of it. But it's been uh, an eventful few uh, few months. Um, but yeah, so we I guess we can get into it. I mean, there's um, there was was a lot that happened in China, but that was a long time ago. Um, and there's <laughs> a been whole a whole week ago. Yeah, well, and a whole race ago, and you know, we, we, all this is fresh yeah, in our minds. Real quick though, uh, it was if I do remember correctly, a Fernando Alonso victory. It was, and uh, that's very cool to see Ferrari doing well, and I've been. Very excited to see Felipe Massa doing well as well. So it was nice to hear about. Uh, would have been nice to see, I'm sure. And I was glad for that. But you are correct. We have a whole other Grand Prix to talk about. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the real quick rundown on China, I guess, just to kind of give that. Is, you're exactly right. Fernando Alonso won. Uh, Kimi Räikkönen in his second place. Hamilton holding on to third for the podium. And that was really the drama. was in the closing laps of the race. Right. Was Vettel uh, making huge headway to get up and uh, to get, get behind him and pass him um, and trying to. Um, you know, Vettel went into pits and came out with a fresh set of tires, so, uh, you know, soft tires, low fuel, of course, at the end of the race, and was lapping much, much faster, but just could he make up the time? And it was, you know, kind of doing the math and doing the calculations every time they'd cross the line. And uh, I, when I first saw that and saw the gap and everything, I was like, no, I think Hamilton's going to hold on to it. And I was super happy that I was correct, um, <laughs> that uh, Vettel, you know, just, you know, he got fourth, which was a fine result, especially after, after starting ninth and uh, not really even setting a qualifying time. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, so it was, it was cool, you know, some late race battling. Um, which is good because, of course, that's been one of the criticisms lately is that these tires mean that uh, by the end of the race, everyone is just coasting. Then you get right. these team orders of, oh, well, he's coasting more. But, oh, he's coasting too much. Oh, but we don't have any fuel and the tires are all gone. So this, you know, last week was racing right down to the end. And today we got racing all through the race. And, you know, right. it was whether it was the compounds that Pirelli went. Of course, they switched sort of uh, one step harder than uh, than they originally had planned. Uh, you know, a couple weeks ago they, they talked about that. But... Um, you know, these, these tires are working and the formula and, you know, durs and curs and the whole thing uh, really seems to have come together quite well. And we've got really close racing. It's an interesting concept, this issue with the tires. And I like the idea that the teams are once again incentivized to have two, three, maybe even four pit stops because it does add an extra element to it. It does remind people, hey, this is a long race. The car is being put through a lot and it's going over a reasonably long distance. But 
it is fascinating to me that the decision has been made to, uh, at least by some of the teams, to be under the limit, coasting, quote-unquote, as opposed to driving flat out. That doing some coasting is faster with fewer pit stops than it is to go flat out and have more pit stops. So there is still something that isn't quite there, but I have to say, after seeing Bahrain, it seemed a lot more like whining than a real concern because there was a lot of great racing at the beginning and at the end. Yeah, and, you know, I guess that may be partly with Pirelli going to the harder compound. They went from mediums and hards, you know, the two hardest compounds they can do for dry weather. Um, But uh, it may have been different if they had softs or or even super softs. But but even so, I mean, of course, everyone's on the same, uh, everyone's got the same tire selection. So at least it's it's how you solve that problem, which is kind of the engineering challenge that, that, you know, we follow this sport for. It's not just everyone's got exactly the same car and it's just the driver, but it's no, how well can you engineer and get your strategy and get everything figured out to, uh, uh, to make that work. And so, you know, it's, it's tough to say, but, um, in, in one way, I mean, it did make it quite a bit harder to follow what was going on, not knowing, of course, from the outset, exactly who's on what strategy, you know, we can guess and try to infer based on what's going on, but, uh, you know, there'd be points in the race. And especially today, it, it seems like everyone stayed closer together than usual. I mean, in, in most cases, people will fan out quite a bit, there'll be a bigger difference in pace and you'll have, you know, cars lapping up to, you know, even in the top 10, you could, you could be a lap down yeah. um, and two or three laps down in the end of the field. And today, you know, uh, Vettel, our of course uh, race winner, had only lapped up to 16th spot, um, and uh, which was uh, Daniel Ricciardo in an STR uh, by the end of the race. And, uh, you know, so you take a pit stop even like three quarters of the way through the race and you could still lose three or four positions. Yeah, it was yeah, really absolutely. So he's so sort of like, oh, someone's in 10th. No, he's in 5th. No, he's in 15th. So I was like, whoa, you know. Well, there's a lot of closer, closer, more competitive teams out there too. I mean, to see Force India up in the mix the way they are. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Mercedes has improved. McLaren, you know, they're not as fast as they used to be, but they're obviously still holding on to some pace. They're not out of it yet. So there's, there's, and this is of course on top of Lotus and uh, Ferrari and Red Bull. So there's, there's a lot of closer racing going on. It seems like even the back teams, um, your Caterhams, your Marushas, those guys are still are picking up the pace. They're learning some things too. Um, but it is fascinating. It was nice to see Vettel have to earn it at least a little bit to get to front before he could sail off and do his usual deal. But I have to say it was really sad to see Rosberg fall off the way he did. Yeah, so of course it was Rosberg on pole and a well-deserved pole. It wasn't, you know, weird uh, track conditions or anything. It was just, you know, even Vettel said, uh, who, you know, Vettel was second. Vettel said, hey, I did my best lap and I was pretty good and you know, no mistakes or anything. And Rosberg was just simply faster. Like yeah. the, the pace was just there and, uh, and outpaced the Red Bull. Um, and, and even Rosberg sort of immediately said, and he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm probably not going to stay. For, like I'm going right. to slip back. It's not going to. Uh, but slip gonna... back as far as he did. I'm not so sure he had that in mind. No, and, but, <laughs> and you know, we kind of expected that. We've seen that with the Mercedes, um, which is, I don't know why I, I went for Hamilton as, uh, as my race win prediction, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, we, we've seen that. And, and so, yeah, it was, of course, uh, Vettel on the outside. But it was the, the Ferraris really getting and mixing it up uh, today at the beginning. Um, that was just it did make for some really good, you know, wheel to wheel, several laps of good, good solid action. And then once we once that kind of settled down and then we got into the pits and stuff, it was a little harder to keep track of really who was where. Well, it was a good really. thing that Ferrari got to mix it up in the beginning because their day went from bad to worse awfully fast. Um, started off good, went to bad, then went to worse. Uh, Fernando Alonso had the problem with his uh, DRS wing. 
it would open it for the front straight and then wouldn't go down again. So we ended up not being able to use it after two attempts. And uh, Felipe Massa had all kinds of trouble with punctured tires and things like that. So both those guys ended up spending more time in the pits than they intended to. And Alonso was able to salvage it and turn it into a decent event, but not a great one. And Massa ended up where? 15th or something? It just was more of a <laughs> typical Massa performance, which he's been trying to, working hard to end. Yeah, and in this case, it, you know, it wasn't Massa's fault, I don't no, think at all. I agree. It just, you yeah. know, something on the right rear of that car was, was shredding tires, or he got a couple of bad ones in a row, or something was wrong with the car that was scraping, or who knows exactly. But um, yeah, so Alonso finished eighth, uh, so, you know, two whole points. Uh, no, four <laughs> whole points for, for eighth spot. And, uh, and yeah, Massa in 15th, uh, the last guy not to be lapped. Um, and behind, you know, both Williams and both Force Indias, and you know, just yeah, not uh, not a brilliant result for Massa, but uh, not his fault. And yeah, the Alonso thing was weird with the wing, um, where like you said, he he popped it up for DRS, and it actually sort of popped up too much, and so then right. the, the airflow was pushing it up instead of normally down as it would, and uh, and then you know, so he went to he went to you know disable it, you know, go through the corner or whatever. So that could have gone a whole lot worse because when we first heard of it, they said, oh, wing damage, you know, rear wing damage right, for right. Alonso. And Which usually, is usually game over. Right. If it's if your rear wing's, you know, broken, it's like, that's that's bad. So then, it, you know, came into the pits, banged it back down and tried it again. He said, oh, I tried DRS again. It didn't work. So they, you know, brought him into pits again um, to uh, to make it work. And then our commentators on NBC Sports Network were sort of, oh, it, and somehow it managed to stay closed for the whole rest of the time. And I'm looking at, I'm like, no, the airflow would keep it closed. Right, the, right. It's just the DRS, like the whole, you know, once it's open, then it's where it goes wrong. So it wasn't a big surprise that the wing didn't, you know, just somehow fail uh, later on. And so it's, but it was, yeah, he was at a slight disadvantage not having DRS when everyone else did. But he's Alonzo. And, you know, of course, this is sort of his just, thing, right? He it's just, just manages, it, yeah. He always manages difficult situations really well. And I have to say, another performance that I was quite proud of was Kimi Raikkonen's. He did not have a great qualifying session uh so we started what seventh or eighth eighth Eighth. and to be able to just push that car up again be easy on the tires and just chug along with long stints comparatively at least and uh you know ends up in second place you know vettel was pretty comfortably in the lead but raikkonen was comfortably in second no problem yeah and we didn't actually see a whole lot of raikkonen uh once you know once uh there was there was a couple of moments with with uh, he and perez again uh, as as there were in China, um, but then you know once he was off there, he was ten seconds ahead of uh, Grosjean at the end of the race, and but you know nine seconds behind Vettel. So it was just you know by the end of it, it was sort of coasting down there. But um, yeah, just a another you know like I say, from eighth to second is just a, a brilliant result. They're still they're they're still able to manage those tires and something about you know just kind of keeping all that everything's working as, as that package is working quite well for the Lotus guys right now and. Uh, you know, it's it's cool to see that continue to happen. I think we will get a lot of car upgrades in Spain, as usual. Yes. And we'll see if... I would uh, definitely expect that. You know, you'd be... You know, you don't want everyone to really count out, you know, Ferrari or McLaren um, as, as, you know, cars that can get better over the course of the season. So I'm not sure how long Lotus will stay where they are in the uh, pecking order. But for now, it's... Uh, Really great for them to to be able to do that, and then Force India, man, we got you know Paul Deresta in fourth, yeah, like very good result. Know. I mean, they were fighting for a podium, of course, but still, yeah, the Force India doing as well as it did, very good. I was a little bummed to see Sutil not quite up there as well, but you know, still that that Force India car seems pretty darn strong this season so far, and it does, I think, emphasize the point that's been made in the past couple of times is 
wow, Hulkenberg, was that move to Salber really the right thing to do? And, well, it's hard to say now. Yeah, like, I think Hamilton can be pretty happy about his move from McLaren to Mercedes, which at the time, of course, everyone's like, what the heck? But, yeah, um, but, yeah this uh, the move away from Force India, eh. but then again, you know, who knows, right? And uh, if he's making a whole lot more money or he's happier or whatever, then <laughs> maybe, it, maybe it's all good. But you have to imagine that, uh, you know, the higher I results. Mean, the best part about it, I think, was the desirability of, you know, yeah. this was another team wanting a driver from a team and the first team wanting to keep that driver. I mean, that was, that was the advantage to Hulkenberg's situation. It's always good to be wanted. Exactly, right? But uh, not ideally in terms of performance the way to go. And it is also ironic because Force India is, you know, they have financial troubles, they have some other things, but they, they have some smart folks working on that car. Yeah, so, clearly. And, you know, the best way to, uh, you know, make these financial troubles and stuff go away. It's like if everything's going well, the sponsors are happy and, you know, results keep flowing in, the marketing's good and all that is so much better than having to go back to the people that sponsor you and say, hey, we need more money to make our car right. better. Hey, yeah, we, we keep thing we put on the side of the car yeah, with your name on it. We keep doing terribly, but give us more money. <laughs> so at least, you know, hopefully you hate to see a, a team that's, you know, mid-pack team or even a team that's, you know, taking a step beyond that. Um, you know, to sort of just go away because of money or whatever. I mean, it was, you know, HRT sort of is what it is in a way. Yeah. But, uh, but to see, you know, a, a solid team that, you know, actually has some history. It's been around for quite a while in various uh, forms to, uh, to just go away. So it's like hopefully that, you know, they, they get all the behind-the-scenes things figured out and uh, continue to be a solid team. Uh, but, dude, I have, we have to talk about McLaren and uh, the, the teammates. Yes. Oh, and well, the whatnot. Oh, no, 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 no. No? That, to me, is saving the best for last. And I've kind of thought it's ironic. We're kind of going down the pecking order here, which isn't our usual thing. No. But the battle for fifth was, in my mind, the best battle at the end of the race. And that was Mark Webber v. Lewis Hamilton, Red Bull v. Mercedes. Right. With Checo right there, ready to pounce if, you know, if, if any of the, the first two guys went and wrong. He is a pouncer. Yes. There are no doubts. He was called out after China for not being aggressive enough, being too polite, letting people go around him. Which, to me, being a little bit out of the loop to hear that, I was like, really? Perez? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Um, but, okay, but we're not, we're not talking that now. So, yeah. That's true. I mean, so it was Hamilton and, and Weber, and um, it was, you know, tough, tough but fair, would you say? I mean, certainly tough. Yes, I, right on the edge of fair, but definitely I would still call it fair. I think they were two veterans really digging in. Yeah, challenging the definition of of one defensive move. Uh, I think in a couple places, but yes. but no penalties awarded, no investigations, and I don't think even any hard feelings between the drivers. I think it was all, you know, Probably kind of not. on the level. And um, I mean, if one didn't like something, the other one could point to me like, "Dude, what about this race back then?" I mean, oh yeah, all right, right, yeah. It's uh, which you know, with with uh, somebody like Perez, you don't quite have the the history and sort of the you know passive of, of excellent decision making, or someone you know, a Maldonado or yeah. Grosjean of the world. I was just gonna say, I would not call this the beginning of a Maldonado Gate 2013. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, not where this is heading. Right, um, but yeah, it was uh, you know after uh, you know Weber being. After just a dismal weekend in China, um, to get back to you know in the race uh, near the end of the race and actually in a reasonable you know <laughs> he was racing even towards the end. Well, yeah, you know, I mean after after running out of fuel and qualifying and starting dead last and all the and, and then his wheel falls off, you know, in China it was just really a weekend to forget. So he's like, hey, there's only five laps to go and I'm still in this race, right. you know, that's and not and in a good spot, you know, battling for fifth. It's like uh, it's it's a pretty good pretty good way to be. Um, Weber's tires apparently did fall way, way off in the last sort of even half a lap. I mean, right, lap, right. it, it just, was right at the end, and that's how uh, uh, young Sergio Perez ended up in the position he was, and not 
you know, in sixth instead of seventh. But uh, for the last couple laps, it really was Lewis Hamilton versus Mark Webber. And they passed each other multiple times and really pushed each other to the edge. And it was just great, exciting racing to watch. And I think I was more happy to see Hamilton do well than sad to see Webber not doing as well considering where his teammate was. But it's just so good to see Hamilton in a fairly competitive Mercedes. And he just seems like a happier person in general. So to see him racing well and to see him have those scraps and end up finishing in the top five again and actually staying pretty competitive in terms of driver standings and to see Mercedes fourth in the constructors, no, not falling backwards and backwards. It, it was good. Yeah, and I, I I think I'm in the same boat. I mean, with, of course, Team Orders Gate from Malaysia. <laughs> so many gates. There was, it was all this, oh, Red Bull, oh, what would the points be if it were Mark and Multi-21 and Multi-12 and, you know, how is this going to be? And, oh, if, you know, if it comes down to it, you know, Vettel should gift back Weber a win or, oh, is, is you know, are they going to sit Vettel out for a race for a disobeying right. team? You know, it was, it was such a, you know, big controversy. And, of course, it had three weeks to fester while, while nothing else was going on for Formula 1. Um, we are, you know, not really going to spend a whole lot more time talking about that, uh, but uh, <laughs> other than just the, the, the mention of it. But now... After after that, you know that's over and done. But then the following week for Weber to just have a completely, you know, no points, nowhere near in qualifying because of problems, nowhere near in the race because of problems. Um, I don't want to say that he's completely fallen off the radar, um, but in a way he has. Weber, you know, just a little bit. It's like it's not, you know, when, if there's ever this sort of team priority um, and it's sort of this kind of oh we're going to help the guy who's in front in the championship. Wink, wink. It's usually going to be Vettel. It's sort of. Uh, it's, it's unfortunate for Mark Webber, obviously, but... It's interesting that they say wink-wink instead of just winking. Yeah. I always found that odd. Yeah, it is it's a little bit weird. Um, but, you know, it, it's almost like, okay, now they can really sort of focus on Vettel and and put all the might behind it. So it's like, I mean, you want to see Webber do well, just his, you know, the guy's attitude and, and his history and, and all that. And it seems like his, his career is sort of fizzling out now, you know, partly um, just because of the, the time and where he is in his career and the speed and all that, but mostly just because of the team and his golden boy Vettel right. um, just being overshadowed and whatnot. Well, and the rumors were already, during our television broadcast, we're already talking about Kimi Raikkonen possibly taking the second Red Bull seat um, since he is... Uh, a free agent this year, and uh, you know, so it's right. po- very possible that uh, Mark Webber's contract might not be renewed because it's always one year. Okay, you get one more year. Okay, you get one more year. Yeah, and that's well, there have been rumors since uh, probably as the radio calls were going out in Malaysia. There's been uh, you know, so last weekend it was uh, it was that Mark Webber had signed for Porsche as a factory driver for their Le Mans program and stuff. Oh. and then Porsche came out and said, no, we don't have a deal. What you know? But it was sort of all it takes is a rumor, and enough people start tweeting it around and talking about it and whatever. Twitter's this website. Don't don't worry about it. I'll I'll, I'll tell you later. I'll, I thought it was a kids show about no, uh, you know pink elephants. Something, or something about birds. Yeah, I don't. Know. But anyway, it's a thing. People talk on it. Oh uh, yeah, that's what, what it was. It was pink elephants that could see, he talk to birds. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's the one. Twitter. Um, and so there were already rumors about that. And then uh, uh, Alonzo and Weber had uh, had dinner together or something. And I think Alonzo or one of the guys tweeted a picture of them. And then all of a sudden, people looked at that and like, oh, teammate for 2014. Oh, I bet that's. <laughs> I bet it. Yeah, you know, he's going to Ferrari. Oh, oh we knew God. this. You know, Massa's going to be out it's going to be this and you know just all this you know any any little nugget that people can latch onto and uh, and think oh man this is where it's going to go i bet it's going to be this i bet it's going to be that and so far you know nobody knows anything i mean somebody knows somewhere but um you know there's nothing official nothing that's right. been announced and i think if you really think through the options um you know he 
would he want to be a, a number two driver at another team? I mean, he's at the, he's the number two driver at the best team right now, and just in terms of the car and the yeah, pace and yeah. whatever. Um, so would moving to Ferrari just because it's Ferrari be cool? You know, maybe I don't well, know. That 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 is an argument you could make. Actually, you know, but does yeah, Ferrari want that? If they're, I guess. And if, like, again, I don't see where Ferrari would want that. That's the right. They're like, hey, we got this old guy. <laughs> right. Exactly. So whatever. You know. Then uh, and then you know, switch to McLaren doesn't really make any sense. And you know, there's 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 just all this. Uh, uh, you know, so I think something in sports cars, you know, DTM is a is a common sort of fallback for these guys and whatever. Although I don't really see Weber necessarily going that oh, route. Can you imagine in a V8 supercar though, the Australian V8 supercar? I can imagine that. Yes, that would be kind of fantastic. Yeah, I'm almost kind of pro that move. Yeah, well, I mean, dude, if you're doing a Le Mans program and stuff, you can totally do some V8s. Just, you know, kind of mix it all up there. So, oh boy, now we're adding to the controversy. Yeah, is Weber going to Australian V8 supercars? As exclusively Maybe. revealed on the Fun with Cars podcast. Well, and Mercedes, actually, funny enough, this is definitely a non sequitur. Mercedes is starting a V8 supercar program. Yes. Well, there are some Mercedes V8 supercars now. I was actually just watching uh, one of those races a couple weeks ago. As you know, there's a Nissan uh, V8 supercar right. now, and then it's called. It's like the. Uh, Erebus team or whatever. And right. it's, and it's I heard the, there's like, like four main teams that built the actual cars, but then yeah, um, and the it, manufacturers could get involved. So, it, but it is a Mercedes. It's a uh, I don't know what the body is supposed to be. In. If it, it's not an S class, probably E class. Yeah. yeah, and uh, and it's you know it's kind of a cool looking thing, but there it's like. All the Holdens, uh, all the FPVs, you know, the GMs and Fords, and then like way at the back of the grid, there's like just a sprinkling of Nissans and Mercs. Like they're really <laughs> not there yet. But yeah, you know, who knows? It could be, could be cool. Um, or maybe if um, you know Nissan and the Infinity tie up and Red Bull, and if something happens there, and he ends up, you know, spearheading a new Nissan campaign. Who knows? Whatever. Um, so anyway, as we can officially confirm, Mark Webber will be in a V8 supercar and at Le Mans. <laughs> And, but the twist is he'll be driving a V8 supercar at Le Mans. That's, that's the actual... Uh, Look at this. Our first time back together in person. You make me laugh out loud right off the well, bat. Hey, you've got a gift, sir. We're, we're trying. Um, so, dude, uh, what's up with Checo Paris? Yeah, all right. So I'm going to admit right from the beginning that I have a biased opinion. You love everyone, Checo Paris. Everyone that knows the show knows that I'm a big fan of Jensen Button, and I... I'm often defending him and often promoting him. That said, I was kind of amazed how aggressive Sergio Perez was against his teammate because it wasn't just hard racing. It was it was bumping. It was making late moves. It was things that, if both of them weren't really careful, could have caused accidents. And if it's one thing for Sergio to Perez to be accused of aggressive racing. It's very another to be the guy that took out your teammate. Right. And, you know, it would have been very difficult, especially against Jensen Button, for it to be blamed as a racing incident. It almost certainly would have been Sergio Perez's fault. So I thought it was very aggressive and optimistic on his part. Yeah, and then sort of what Button had to do to not shut him up but to keep him behind um, was you know sort of incredible and in, in being run off the track and yes. uh, and holding on to it you know and, and right. it sort of it, it's all well and good that it that it turned out well but um could have gone so terribly wrong and you know thankfully it didn't but uh yeah it was um a huge change for for Perez obviously uh you know they asked him to to man up or whatever they asked him to do <laughs> but I, I'd be curious right. what they actually asked him but uh and he did. I mean, he said, okay, fine. I'm not going to take any stuff. It's you know? so funny if you're in the fly on the wall in that meeting, like, okay, Sergio, we need you to tone it down just a little bit more. They like, they want me to man up. <laughs> right. No, his driving 
his driving today was actually much more akin to the driving I saw him do as a 14-year-old <laughs> when yeah. we raced against each other uh, many, many years ago. So uh, he was good back then, too, as well. And obviously, he's gotten much, much better. But no, he's it, about the same. <laughs> but it was, it was on my, uh, on, in my point of view, pretty aggressive. That said, uh, he, got, he got the job done. He got the results. Right. I mean, that's, you need some level of aggression, obviously. That's, that's what they wanted. Um, and, and, you know, I don't think people, uh, you know, look back at Ayrton and Senna and they go, oh, you know, he was good because he just, you know, kept an even keel. Right. He just, exactly. you know, just posed polite or whatever. There's, it's like, you know, it's like you could say Coulthard was polite or something, but it's <laughs> like, you know, where is his world championship? Right. 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 So, well, yeah. um, you know, I, I mean, I guess yes and no, he got the results. It's, it's kind of tough to judge with, uh, with McLaren and their pace this year um, to say, you know, was, so uh, Jekko ended sixth after starting 12th, which obviously is an improvement. It's and, a good move forward. Um, you could do a whole lot worse than that. It's just, it's a, there's a big question, though, of um, how, how good is the car really? And I think, you know, with Button, seeing his performance from last year to this year and how much farther down the grid he is, clearly the car has been a step back or not as right. much of a step forward as everyone else. Um, is that because they don't have Lewis Hamilton? Does that have anything to do with it? Is it just that they tried a different direction and it's not working? Um, or you know, would would Hamilton be able to get more out of this car? Both things that you just car? said were true. Yeah, because Hamilton also was, you know, they said Button was much better at feeling the car in the nuances of it, but Hamilton was much better about driving around problems. Yeah, and I bet that Hamilton would force this car to still be reasonably quick, right? Much more so than the two drivers have got, right? So it's, you know, and, and today, well, we have to say, um, Jensen started ahead of him in 10th and finished in 10th. Yes. Where Checo moved up six places. So in a way, yes, but you know, you can't argue fair, with success. Jensen did have that extra pit stop for, it was a little bit unknown if his tires were falling off or something was weird or he wasn't happy with the espresso they had in his little drink machine. I don't know. Yeah. But he, he did have that extra pit stop because he was up higher and uh, fell off a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and that's... Like I say, without um, spending more time on, on the show prep, we were just kind of excited to get in and, and do it again <laughs> without, you know, yeah, really uh, kind of analyze, right, an, right. analyzing the pit stuff. I don't remember. Um, and it well, was, that, that's something that uh, I've been told about uh, in the past. It's something called research. I don't know that word. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. fails me. But well. we did see a post-race interview with Martin Whitmarsh um, where, you know, they, he, Martin made it very clear. And, of course, you know, from uh, McLaren Mercedes um, about, okay, yeah, you know, we, we let our guys race. That's how we do. Some teams don't do that. Like, obviously. Um, right. right. And, and he said, yeah, side-by-side racing is okay. Um, you know, good, good scrap is okay. But, uh, you know, touching, you know, your front wing end plate to your teammates rear tire is not okay. And we're going to have a chat about that. Which is exactly what Sergio Perez did at the end of the French straight. Yeah, that was not a hypothetical advan- uh, statement. So, exactly. Um, you know, so it's interesting to see McLaren putting that, that, you know, kind of image of themselves out there and saying, yes, this is what we do. And some people like that and some people don't. And I think the fans enjoy this as sort of like, you know, a lot better thing to be talking about with the McLarens is look how aggressive they are rather than, oh, look, you told them on the, you know, you told one driver to get, to stay back and told one driver to go ahead. So I think it was cool in that regard. And uh, it's, it's McLaren definitely sort of stays, you know, stating their piece and saying, this is how we do it. And, you know, we'll take it or leave it or whatever. But, uh, you know, hopefully the fans like it. And uh, I think it did. I mean, it made for interesting racing. It was, it was certainly um, a lot more exciting than if he, if, if one of the other drivers had just yielded and let the other guy buy. Yeah. Um, so true. it made it more fun, but of course would have been tragic if it, you know, could have been an inch one way or another really could have, uh, could have changed things out. Absolutely. Or, you know, Sergio's little end plate move could have easily cut a tire. Right. And you know, there's, there's a lot of what ifs going on. And believe me, I've had my fair share of what ifs 
the last couple of months. So, um, ultimately, it's good to see Perez be a little bit more aggressive, make some of the moves we know he can make, and you know, put his stamp on his McLaren racing suit just a little bit. But got to do it with just a little bit more maturity and think think your moves through just a little bit more because it is different when it is your teammate. Yes, absolutely. In some ways, that's the person you want to get around the most. But you got to do it the right way, and it just wasn't quite there. Yeah, um, I do see an article from uh, Autosport now that says uh, Pirelli says that debris was to blame for Massa's issues, which I guess is just very unlucky of him to have two right rear absolutely. sort of. And it wouldn't look like a puncture, but it was like, hey, the, maybe it was debris falling off of his own car. It could have been, yeah. Like the debris in this case was, you know, the entire sort of surface of your tire separating from the sidewalls, and <laughs> right. that's an issue. Um, but yeah, it was some, you know, pretty serious failures, not just, oh, look, that tire is flat, but like, oh, look, there's that tire all over the place. Uh, now in many, many pieces. Um, so one other thing I do want to say and get your opinion on. So this was the first time I actually got to watch a race. Yeah. Uh, the hospital, believe it or not, did not have NBC sports network as one of the channels available. And I thought they had good reviews. Well, you know, there you go. And I have to say the one thing that I was most disappointed in and maybe it was just a fluke, was I had very little idea of what was going on with the back markers, very little understanding of what was going on with the rookies. I felt like the focus really was on the top five and to a certain extent the top ten. But there was very little talk about, oh, you know, these are the Caterhams are doing, oh, the Caterhams are battling the Marushas, or oh, look at the move Max Chilton made. Because, you know, reading articles afterwards, I was like, oh, Max Chilton's actually doing pretty darn well. You know, yeah. and, and and things of this or uh, you know, Botas, you know, those kind of things. I wanted to see a little bit more, and I thought um, I thought uh, Maldonado's performance to get to eleventh was actually kind of decent, considering where the Williams has been. So it's high praise for Maldonado, actually kind of decent. <laughs> well, yeah, no, you see my point would, though, it, no, was, yeah. it, it was lacking except for the front runners. Yeah. Which, uh, I, I don't know how much of that is the international feed and whatnot. I mean, we did have a couple times where there were uh, replays from things that happened sort of three or four laps ago, and they're showing you an onboard, and you're like, wait, who's he passing? What, what the, right. you know, and by the time you, it's like, oh, it's a replay, but this is a replay from some, a while ago, and uh, it's, it's hard enough, you know, we're still adjusting to the, uh, the new uh, T-Tray camera covers, or not T-Tray, but the, uh, you know, the camera T-bars, um, you know, the, the different colors for those, and I'm trying to, you know, we're trying to get your head around, which McLaren is that? And hold on, right, who's where? Right. And then they're screwing us up with these replays. So, um, yeah, some of it I think might be the world feed stuff. Um, well, but then the commentators weren't there to fill in the gaps either. Right. So, yeah, it, uh, I don't know. I guess you will, you'll, you'll, I see the, uh, the overall feel of NBC sports. It's, you know, very, very similar to, uh, to what we had with speed because of course most of the team is the same guys. Yeah. Um, but, um, we did get more coverage in certainly in Australia of, Hey, look at these new guys and yeah. isn't this interesting and whatever. Um, but I guess now they figure that, you know, people no longer care about those guys. So I was like, oh, yeah, they're... But I care. Yeah. I care. I mean, we saw um, we saw Caterham when it was, you know, being crashed into pieces. Um, right. But uh, other than that, yeah, not uh, not a whole lot of coverage of the backmarker guys. So from what I could read thus far, uh, I mean, Esteban Gutierrez being the second Mexican, that's probably cool for you, being a big fan of Mexico yourself. Um, but it seemed to me that Max Chilton has kind of been the one that has been the rookie that has made the most hay in terms of outperforming expectations. And I was just curious what your opinion was on the best rookie performance thus far. Um, I mean, Botas, uh, it's not fair because they're in different cars. But right. 
Um, I think, uh, except for this race where Pastor was 11th and uh, and Botas was 14th. Um, I mean, I think if you look at qualifying, if we had your mega awesome spreadsheet for 2013, <laughs> uh, like we had in 2012, it's then, on the to-do list. <laughs> yeah, then we could we could get there. I, I could tell you more succinctly, or maybe not. I would get confused by that spreadsheet sometimes too. <laughs> um, I, I think Botas has outperformed his teammate quite a bit, and of course, it's you know everyone's teammate is different as well. Um, but, you know, Maldonado has shown, you know, he is a race winner and a lot of these other backmarker guys and, and some of the other, you know, teammates of these, of these uh, rookies are not. Uh, so, um, at least in Formula One, of course. Uh, so, I mean, personally, I think, I think, you know, I really have to say that Botas has, uh, has, you know, performed the best and sort of, you know, for my expectations and, and whatnot, um, you okay. know, for, for both qualifying and the race. But then there is always kind of that battle uh, that used to be the, the bottom six and now the bottom four between Marusha and Caterham. Um, and now STR, who's like way back from where they have been. Yeah, just where they were a few years ago. And all of a sudden they're like, well, you know, you can't share information with the big team, basically is what happened. Yeah, but because that was our whole plan. There was the Red Bull Technology Center, which is the third entity that right. both teams uh, got information from. And since that was that spigot was shut off, Yo, SDR is definitely falling by. I mean, we can just go back to calling them Minardi, I guess, and just sort of call, <laughs> call it good. I mean, that was I'm always... sure they would love that. Yeah, let's not forget that uh, Vettel's first win right. came in the uh, Scuderia Toroto. That's right. Um, but So today, Charles Peak um, was the best of the bottom four um, with the 17th place um, ahead of Esteban Gutierrez in the Sauber. And then, uh, then it was Marusha Marusha, Bianchi ahead of Chilton. Uh, and then Guido Vandegaard, uh, who's the only guy two laps down in the back catering. So they have been uh, certainly swapping positions Esteban, back and I forth. Mean, I'm sorry, I'm interrupting, but Esteban has paled in comparison to Hulkenberg, I'm assuming. I mean, that's what I've seen. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely uh, gave us some good crash footage in China <laughs> and uh, hasn't uh, hasn't done well. I mean, he, out, he outdid Hulkenberg in Australia because Hulkenberg couldn't start the race um, right. with fuel problems. So, I mean, there's always more to it than... You know, there's not really a fair comparison to be made. I mean, even between teammates with cars and, and situations and uh, tire, you know, tire performance and all kinds of craziness. So um, it's a little hard to say, but it's but it's fun to watch. And uh, yeah, we don't get a lot of that on TV, but uh, I guess you know we still can read about it after the race and uh, <laughs> and sometimes even before we do our show, so that we're that much more informed for our for our podcast. Well, I mean, again, we didn't have the best schedule, and that is the vast majority of that is my fault. So. Uh, Working to improve. There's room for improvement here in 2013 for me so far. And uh, that's, that's the positive. <laughs> right on. Uh, shall we hear a little bit from our fans? Oh, sure. And one more time, I just want to give a big shout-out to everyone. Uh, definitely the Kilt, uh, Lori, and uh, all the people that have given uh, me support throughout my uh, rough early start to the year it's just hugely appreciated and uh I, I i no one needs to worry about me anymore i'm all good well mostly good no one at all <laughs> just stop thinking about him but uh i, I just i, I want to say again that i i really appreciate all the support we've gotten and it is wonderful i must say to have a podcast with you where i'm not speaking through wires yeah, and uh, and especially that we're not talking to you through a phone because it's yes. way cooler to see you in person, and we actually have you know conversations a lot more normally. Although and... with the wires on, it's just as well that it was through a phone. You didn't have to look at them. Well, fair enough. You didn't uh, anyway. You didn't look at me like Jaws. Um, <laughs> well, it's a good thing you tell people not to worry about you again because we got a lot of crap on the Facebook page for not having a show for China. We uh, had yeah. people saying like, "Who is this guy? Think he is? Right. He's on a road trip instead of doing a show." What are we paying you guys for? I mean, there was you know a lot of yes. really kind of negative stuff. Yes. So it's a good thing. Um, 
you know, this, this is what I get to do when you don't have a computer in front of you and you just trust me to read all the listener feedback. I'm afraid I just have to tell it like it is. Yes. And well, I will say, though, all those donations did go to pay for all the free air we had to add to the tires as yeah. we were driving those. So that, yeah. That, that part was appreciated. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we have a, what is called a hashtag. Uh, I, don't mean to, I don't mean to slow you down or confuse you here, but it's, there's a, it's a thing on Twitter. Where is that similar to a hash brown? Because no. Because those are very tasty. No, it is probably of less interest to you than a hash brown. <laughs> but hashtag FWCars uh, on Twitter. It sounds lovely to me. Yeah, it is. It's good. Um, and uh, a little ketchup on there. Just maybe. <laughs> Do not put ketchup on your FW cars, please. Uh, but no, we had uh, a couple people, uh, Colin Sato, uh, our, our buddy in Hawaii, and uh, some uh, Ryan Higgins, who I think is in England, and, and uh, Ben and Bernard A. Anyway, a bunch of people uh, chiming in throughout the race, which is kind of fun. Um, just a, a little bit ago, uh, Colin uh, posted on FW cars, is not your typical Bahrain Grand Prix, was it? Not convinced that this amount of blocking is good for the sport. Ah, so, yeah, I'd have to agree. And uh, he had an interesting point the other day about uh, Williams never valuing their drivers and how a, a champion that won at Williams never uh, never returned for that team, that they always went away because it's like they just don't value Did the drivers. Did Jacques Villeneuve leave Williams in 98? Is that when he started at Bar? Could have been. Huh. I, I didn't Because I know he won for Williams in 97. I didn't check his facts. And uh, who won for Williams it was Nigel Mansell in Nigel Mansell in '92, and uh, and he left for Champ Car. I don't know when Williams won other times. '92 and '97 are the two that pop in my head. Well, I mean, obviously they did it earlier. Um, you've got uh, Ben saying Perez is driving without a brain again. No wait, um, uh, the professor. Uh, Alan Prost. Didn't yeah. he win for Williams in 93? Then he go to Ferrari after that? Because then, then it was uh, Schumacher in 94, 95. And then 96 was Damon Hill, which was not a Williams. And then Jacques Villeneuve in 97. And then Mika Hockney in 98, 99. And then Schumacher era. And now we're getting pretty close to recent history. Yeah. And I, I'm still talking. <laughs> and then I found $20. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, on Facebook, as ever, I mean, I can't really summarize it here. I mean, we've got... You know, thousands of people, well, a thousand and some people, um, you know, sharing their opinions and, and talking during, during the race and before and after. Um, because of our schedules here in the U.S., uh, it wasn't quite now, practical. Now, give the exact numbers. There's no, there's no sum here. 1,339 people. Right. Um, as, as fans of our Facebook page. And uh, so, I, you know, we have to avoid this before watching the race, you know, until you and I, or until our schedules combine to... Uh, uh, to get this, so I, I haven't gone through everyone's because you know you don't want spoilers. You can't just stop by Facebook willy nilly, you know, before you've seen the race results. No, that's definitely true. Um, but uh, I do want to uh, thank Neil, the prediction stud, Popham, uh, for once again. He's always adding to the predictions app and making new features. And we've had our best year ever for predictions so far, which is wonderful. Uh, because we've got like some hundred and some people uh, keeping track and, and doing predictions all the time. So um, it's great because there's a lot of people predicting. It's not so great because I am uh, very far back in the running order. Um, well, it's okay. You're one of the you're one of the new teams, so yeah. it's it's as expected. But uh, but can't always run with the front runners. <laughs> he put together a uh, a video on how to enable notifications. He had a new feature which will remind people. Wow! Only people who Good haven't predicted um, on like Thursday before Friday practice, and it'll it'll just you know ping their Facebook message uh, their their notifications saying, hey, by the way, you haven't put in a prediction, so you might want to do that, so that people can you know keep on top of it before the prediction sessions and all that. So yeah, impressive. Anyway, stop by the Facebook page if you haven't been there in a while. Facebook.com/slash/fwcar or as always you can go to funwithcars.com comment right on the posts and uh, and see links to Twitter and Facebook and all the other fun things from there wonderful
Alrighty, for our record predictions year, uh, let's let's run down the results real quick and see uh, where where we all stand. Yeah, I'm I'm actually okay with that. It's been a little while. Um, yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> been a little while since we've uh, we've really kind of looked all the looked at all the stats and numbers and seen everything. So in first place is uh, Julie McKenzie. Congratulations to you uh, with the lowest score out there of 12 points. Um, second place is some uh, probably a woman, Robin Warner. Yes, uh, yes, I heard she's very attractive. Yeah. Uh, and, but no, dude, you're in, you're in second, man, and uh, and tied uh, tied with 14 points is uh, Chris Stark as well. So ooh, um, you're, ooh. you've got stiff competition at the uh, sharp end. I didn't realize Chris Stark was so stiff of the leaderboard there. Um, then you go down the rest of that page, and you see a lot of our. Uh, Tell Chris Stark he needs to do some yoga. Really stretched out. Uh, you go to the second page, and you see <laughs> you see Damien. In in thirty sixth spot, our Ooh. statistical model. Ooh, that is a shame. Who very simply predicts whoever was on pole at the last race will be on pole at the next race, and whoever won last time will win it this time. Not always the smartest move, is Not it? Not always, but uh, Damien's got forty two points so far this year. You can scroll all the way down that page, and you still don't see my name. But if you go, oh nope, you do. In sixtieth place. <laughs> With 53 points, wow, is me. Oh man, which I'm happy about. I, I've actually improved quite a bit because I think I was 66th after China. You have improved. That is a good thing, and it, improvement is critical to yeah. success. So I it could I, it could have gone better for me this weekend. Uh, I could have gone worse. I think I had Vettel for the pole, which I was off by one, and but Hamilton to win, and so it wasn't actually a huge weekend for me in terms of points. But I was I was way the heck back there. Right. So right. Uh, it kind of. Kind of is what it is, but uh, yeah, you you and several others, um, you and nineteen others, uh, <laughs> had Vettel Vettel for uh, for Bahrain, which was the lowest scoring points. No one predicted Rosberg for pole, and I that's fairly predictable, might I say, for predictions. Yeah, um, and anyone that's down even in the lower ranks, I mean, even if you're fifty ninth, you still have a chance of. Of, of coming back you know the points can seem like big loss but if you have a couple of good runs and a couple of unexpected incidents happen uh you can you can come back and still do really well if you're 60th that's that's it's let's be honest pretty much you're you're throwing the towel but 61st again 61st uh, on down there's a lot of chances but just that 60th place never mm. does well don't yeah. know why. I mean, we could we should look back at how often the person in 60th spot after four rounds has gone on to win <laughs> the predictions game, and I don't think it's gone well. I don't think it's gone well. But that's all the past. Does not matter anymore. Uh, we need to figure out and predict to the world, share our genius or your genius and my <laughs> lack of genius uh, with your what's going to happen. Your genius. Does that even make sense? Yeah. No. To some. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, first of all, uh, I do believe that uh, Damien is going to predict that Nico Rosberg is once again on pole <laughs> and that uh, Sebastian Vettel is indeed going to win the race. If I were Damien and didn't use my head and just uh, blindly went off of rules, that's what I would do. Um, however, I am not Damien. I have to be honest. It's sad to say, but... The Vettel Vettel temptation is awfully strong. I mean, the Red Bull car is strong again. Even with all the troubles Weber's had, he was still in second place oftentimes in this race. Ended up finishing uh, seventh because of tire degradation, but clearly the car is still strong. Vettel's still on top of his game. I'm going to say Vettel on pole, Vettel to win again. I just, I can't deny it. It's a boring prediction, but at the same time, it's your prediction. It's, it's my it's, prediction. It's what you think is going to happen. Yes. Yeah, well, it's it, it's hard to argue, um, but I will because you're wrong. Um, 
I didn't move up six places for nothing. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, most improved, you know, Team Spirit award over true. here. This is true. If we're giving out paper there plates, there's a award. lot of Team Spirit. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you're in, you're in second place, so you have a whole different, you know, set of goals than I do. Like winning. Whatever. <laughs> some call it winning. Some call it just you know having a good time. Um, yeah. So mm, I, I I think Vettel for pole again is just. A sensible thing, I think, on single lap pace, blah blah blah. We know the deal. Um, but I think Alonso is going to come and win. Oh wow! You know, the only other one that was tempting for me was Kimi Raikkonen. Just dude is completely in control. He's got a what? 20- easy on his tires, yeah. and just race pace is not a problem for that guy. And he was tempting. He was tempting to put in the win, but I just like, nah, I can't deny the Red Bull dominance. Just seems to be. As firm as ever in terms of, in general, having the quickest car. Yeah, and it's funny. I was thinking about, you know, for Bahrain. I was like, you yeah, know, these Ferraris are looking really good after China, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you know what? Massa's been looking really good. And he's, he's had some success at Bahrain. I was like, I might go Massa. Glad I didn't. Dod- <laughs> dodged a bullet on that one because that, that would have yes. been – then I would not be in, in, in the, you know, the spry close to the top spot of 60th. I would probably yeah. be down in the 70s or 80s somewhere. Yeah, that would be a bad time to have the nickname Brazilian Bullet, wouldn't it? <laughs> what? Well, because you know, both yeah. start with B. Okay, bullets are fast. Um, so you know, I've predicted. If I were Brazilian and a race car driver, and someone called me a Brazilian bullet, I'd be like, oh yeah, it's pretty sweet. What if what if you're not a race car driver and someone calls you that? That would be less than great. Okay, well, we'll keep that, I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> oh boy, what have we started? Oh, I well. Oh man, we need to know someone who makes T-shirts and, and fast, so we can start making uh, Brazilian bullet Robin Warner T-shirts. Anyway. Or what was the, was the Kimi Raikkonen shirts? I know what I'm doing. Leave me alone. Or That's right, man. See, that's happened. That's come and gone. There's Multi-21 shirts. There's what part of Multi-21 don't you understand shirts. There's all kinds of stuff. You, oh, good. I know you've been out of this game for a little bit. I but... mean, you know, shirts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what more need we say? Um, I'm not sure exactly what our next show is going to sound like exactly. I will be um, not in this country uh, yes. during the next race. So... Well, Stay. this whole reunion thing is come and gone. I mean, that's yeah. over. Yeah, so. I don't know if I yeah if it's really you know that great watching a race with you anymore. So I think I'm going <laughs> to fly to another part of the world. Yeah, sure. And not be there. But no, I mean, I guess the good. And I'm glad you chose you know the wrong country and all. Yeah. Well, whatever. It's like oh, the race is where. Yeah, no, I'm not definitely not going to Spain. Um, but anyway, we'll uh, we'll figure out what happens. Uh, as ever, we appreciate if you visit funwithcars.com. You can see what we're talking about there, and there are links to our online presences and Twitter and Facebook. And you can email us to feedback at funwithcars.com. It's always fun to get emails and whatnot. So, um, yeah, we'll just keep in touch on exactly what's going to happen. But we've got another bunch of weeks off, so we're just going to yeah. have to uh, entertain ourselves in the meantime. We've got uh, actually some, uh, you know, a number of other races. We had uh, MotoGP yes. at uh, Circuit of the Americas this weekend. I have to admit, I'm curious how the IndyCar race went. Um, yep, Long I, Beach. I saw who the winner was, and I can tell you if you want to know. But if you don't want to know, I won't tell you. Was it Dario? No. Ah. Um, and, uh, yeah, we had uh, Rolex yesterday I was watching from Road Atlanta. We ah, had, um, I love that track. ALMS oh. from Long Beach. You know, so there's all kinds of fun stuff to do. Uh, plenty, th- plenty to keep up on, even when there's not F1. And I actually, I have, uh, I don't know if I still have it now, but I actually have the GP2 race to watch, too. Because that's on, that's on our network now. That's kind of slick. Cool. Well, plenty to do. So keep up with us on uh, Facebook and Twitter and whatnot. And uh, just... You know, dude, it's great to be back. Great to have you back. Oh, thank you as, so much. Uh, part it is of, so good to be back. Part of the live show and everything. So uh, good times, and we'll talk to you soon. Yes. I am, I am Jim Lau. I am Rob Warner. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your patience. <laughs>